from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. This coverage of the ACC Championship is built by Mungo Homes. If you're watching on WRL Sports Fan Plus, uh, dot com on the WRL Sports Plus, you can see us hanging out with these mugs. So, Jillio, it's finally here, and you are all in the Tar Heels. You bought yourself an, an ACC Championship North Carolina hoodie i'm impressed i really wanted the coastal division one but they're not selling it yeah so i'll have to settle they're mi- missing an opportunity not to sell like coastal division merch over here yeah that's like, a, that's the issue five through 22 yeah that's a little headstone maybe that's the issue that i have i mean we we came out here in july for acc kickoff and you went to a uh, you went to a convenience store. Did you go to that Seven Eleven? That's right up in that different one. The different Seven Eleven, uh, the one in the uh, where the old whiskey kitchen was. Oh the yes, yes, bar. yes, yes. It was it was the atrium. Whiskey, whiskey River, River in in, yeah. uh, in the in the epicenter, which is really not the center of anything these days. Yeah. Anyway, you you went and bought a forty of High Life too. Yeah. And we brought it back to ACC kickoff, and we had the Coastal Division coaches and players that we talked to that day pour a little bit out for the death of the Coastal. And Mac Brown, there was some reluctancy from those around Mac, but I knew Mac was all in. Yeah. Because I knew Mac wanted to end the coastal run the proper with, homage with the UNC championship. And that's exactly what happened. He called the shot. He's like, Yeah, we're gonna win the coastal. Like, there you go. And he poured a little bit out. So Carolina fans who think that we only do stuff for NC State, folks, we allowed Mac Brown to call his shot back in July, and they're here taking on Clemson. The vibes, though, you know, I'm big on vibes and the yes. vibes for this game. The vibes for this game are a little bit off. It was funny on the drive to Charlotte today. You did the thing where you listened to sports talk radio. I actually, listen, markets, didn't you? I actually listened to podcast on my way. Here. Oh, OK. Uh, I actually texted our friend Chip Patterson, who does the cover three podcast yeah, outstanding on, uh, on CBS. I said, never question our friendship. I'm driving in my dad's beat up 08 Jetta with no aux cord or anything. And I'm listening to your podcast through the speakers of my phone. All right, on speakerphone, right? So anyway, and as I was listening to it, it's funny to hear that crew basically shoulder shrug this entire event. Uh, I listened to a couple other college football podcasts uh, and and skipped right to their discussions about the ACC championship. And again, it was very much, eh, whatever, this game doesn't mean anything. But see, I think this game actually means a heck of a lot more than people are giving credit. Uh, the Carolina angle's very obvious. They could do something today. That hasn't been done since 1980. That's win the championship. And it's also validation for Mac Brown 2.0. They need this game badly to essentially make sure that winning the Coastal Division wasn't a footnote to a bad end of the year. Imagine a scenario where they lose Georgia Tech. Okay, fine. They got you. You you effed around and you found out, right? So next thing you know, you're going to bounce back against State. Whoopsies didn't happen. Another four-string quarterback got the best of you. The defense is looking like a get-right game again, which can absolutely happen against Clemson on Saturday. And then say you lose to Clemson. Things don't – it gets ugly. Will Shipley drops 250 yards rushing on you. Wolfpack Unlimited Award for him. And then you go to a bowl game down. Who's playing in that bowl game at that point? So it becomes a footnote for what ends up becoming a bad end of the year. It's almost like the Gator Bowl. Remember, the Gator Bowl was like a big deal, but – they kind of lost some steam towards the end of the season. Regardless, I do think there's a lot going for Carolina, and there's a lot going yeah, for Clemson. But none of that will matter. 
No. If, Car- if Carolina wins tomorrow. Yes. And I'll say yes. the same thing about Clemson that I did before they played state. Mm-hmm. They're gettable. Yeah. This is not Deshaun Watson is not walking through the door. <laughs> Mike Williams, New Hopkins, you know, Sammy Watkins, those studs mm-hmm. aren't walking through the door. That doesn't mean Clemson's some sort of patsy. No. But they have to beat you a certain way. And you mentioned that certain way, and that is Will Shipley. It also is going to require DJ Uwe Ungalale to find the form that he had against NC State, to find the form mm-hmm. that he had against Wake Forest, to find the form that he had against Florida State. He played three great games this year, and those were the three great games Clemson needed to win their division. Yeah. But he hasn't been consistent enough or good enough to put Clemson back at that playoff level, at that national championship contender level. They just lost to South Carolina. Now, I, I said all along, I felt like North Carolina's chances in this game were contingent upon what South Carolina did against Clemson. Mm-hmm. You know me. I love I love it when a team comes in here feeling good about themselves. Yeah. Like if I'm Mac Brown, I wanted Frank, I wanted Shane Beamer to get his ass kicked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't want him getting Clemson's attention. Right. Because now at this point, this game is actually all Clemson has to play for. Yes. Because remember, that's a proud program. Mm-hmm. I mentioned those wins. And you know what? They celebrated like hell when they beat Wake. They were pretty damn happy when they beat State. Okay? And they'd be pretty happy tomorrow to get the title back that they believe is theirs. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the State game because what did we talk about with the Wolfpack and the Tigers when they went down to Death Valley? Dabo loves to remind the ACC, you still have a ways to go to get yeah. us, right? And I have a feeling that coming off the South Carolina loss and Dabo talking about how I made everybody watch that film, the secretaries, everybody on campus watched that game. They're going to they're going to use this as the fastball game, the Super Bowls, as you yeah. like to talk about, to remind the rest of the league, even if I'm down, even if I got my own fans questioning my decision making around DJ Uwe Ungale, that and this is something that Bud Elliott of the Cover Three podcast floated that I hadn't thought about because I don't you got to remember, we think on like triangle football level, yeah. not Clemson championship. You expect college football playoff level. But Elliott floated the idea that there could be Clemson fans that are hoping that the Tigers lose tomorrow because it would finally get Dabo to make some changes that he should have made on the coaching staff last year, not doubling down on, see, I was right. I told you, you I, doubted I us. I don't see him making All those coaching changes. One way or the other. I, I saw some names in that transfer portal, though, that, I mean, it, what if Devin Leary was Clemson's quarterback <laughs> next year? What if Brendan Armstrong, <laughs> Brendan Armstrong was Clemson's quarterback next What if Sam Hartman? Is Clemson's quarterback next is, year? Is every quarterback in the portal? Right I mean, now? You, everyone, <laughs> everyone who is eligible to go into the portal should. Yeah, just yeah. like it was back in the day for college basketball players who could go and test their pro skills. Everyone should because that's how you maximize your leverage. It's the OG alongside Joe Gilio. I'm Joe Obi. We're at ACC Fan Fest in Charlotte ahead of the ACC Championship game. We're going to be here until three uh, until seven o'clock. Uh, maybe you're on your way out to charlotte drop on by say hello we're, we're going to be out here tomorrow as well culture state from 10 until noon Gilio and i will be out here from noon until two uh we got the pac-12 championship game tonight uh, immediately following us let's go on trojans. no reason what's that let's go trojans no reason oh i see now you always have reasons no reason i mean i might have reasons for them to lose because i like chaos <laughs> i'm just saying if they lose and ohio state manages to slip in or maybe something oh. like alabama happens that would be hilarious to me I'm all about that chaos. I need TCU to lose, too. Anyway, 
COG. Uh, we will be chatting with TJ Thorpe, former wide receiver for North Carolina. Uh, he actually transferred to Virginia before that 2015 season, but he was really, really tight with that group. Obviously keeps up with what's going on with Tar Heels. He's part of our high school OT coverage, the TJ Thorpe Show. Trey Boston, you can catch him on ACCPM, former Tar Heel. He's going to hang with us in a little bit as well. But we got an ACC championship game tomorrow. We also got the World Cup rolling on. We're finally at the knockout stage. It is. It's finally here. Uh, and the U.S. is taking on the Dutch. We'll talk to Sam Stasekel in Qatar or Qatar. I've heard it eight different, eight different ways. Next. Joining us from Cutter from the Athletic, Sam Stasekel. Sam, what's going on, man? Not too much. What's going on with you guys? More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away how's uh how's your pelvic region doing it's it's doing good fantastic yeah all right so God. can i ask what is it about people in our business why can't we just yeah. straight up ask it's a great question christian pulisic hey man did you get hit in the balls or not like why yeah. why is this so hard for people to if we're all dudes know. dudes being bros we've all had it just ask the man did you get hit in the balls so, do you guys know chris whittingham Yes. Of the Levitard show. Mm -hmm. So he famously did this on an MLS broadcast this season where a guy got hit in the penis and and Chris went on national television and, and the guy's down and he, he went, well, looks like he got hit in the penis. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so all credit to him for trying to make this more mainstream. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's just the body part. Like if, if someone hurts their shoulder, we say... He hurt his shoulder. Not we. Not that he hurt his like that that like area between like his bicep and his neck. Like, uh, so I don't know. I I had planned to ask Christian Pulisic. I had it all. I had the question written out, guys. Mm -hmm. I was I was gonna ask him. I said I was gonna say Christian. This might sound a little nuts. Hey, -o. but where exactly did you get hit yesterday? Um, but he he clarified before before he before the questions got around to me that he did not get hit in the balls well so, done sam well done yeah. well done yeah. sam stasco from the athletic he's covering the world cup he's in cutter you can see him in the I'm doing very serious journalism <laughs> yeah you're in the convention center there you're, you're you're out and about you got your mcdonald's as one does in cutter um just a coffee yeah. you were correct in how the u.s could beat iran good call by you and now I'm going to ask you the same question because the stakes go up here on the knockout stage against the Netherlands. What is the path to the to the to the round of eight for the Americans? Yeah. Different than the path to the round of sixteen, for sure. It's going to be a much different game than it was against Iran. Iran sat back, they bunkered, and then they threw the kitchen sink at the U.S. after they went down a goal. Um, the Netherlands are going to try and play with more of the ball. Uh, they like to attack through their wing backs. So those are like defenders that hang out near the sidelines and like to get forward, um, which means that there is space in behind to attack when those wing backs get up the field. So the U.S. wingers, Tim Weah 
and Christian Pulisic, assuming his pelvic contusion is all good, which it sounds like it will be, um, should have some areas to operate tomorrow, especially on the counter and on the break. So that's that's one thing I'm looking for. The Netherlands have a really good forward named Cody Gakpo, who has scored some incredible goals for them so far this tournament. However, they haven't really looked very good in the attack. And so I feel pretty good about this game for the U.S., I'm being honest. I think they're going to win. Sam Stasel joining us from The Athletic here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obvious. Every sport with fans has a level of, I know more than the coach does, right? You know, here in the triangle, everybody knew how Roy Williams should have handled his bench or when to yeah. call timeouts, et cetera, et cetera. Daggum Roy. Yeah. Right. I, but, and again, this is just from, a 5,000 foot view for soccer fandom, I do feel that there is a, a little ounce of venom towards how the U.S. has managed their roster in these games. And if they had just done X, Y, Z, I don't know what results are different. I mean, I, I don't like they're where they're where they need to be, which is to you know win the group stage and then you adjust from there. So what am I missing here with the way people are kind of treating the decisions of who and substitutions and who starts and everything else versus the results of actually getting to the round of 16. So there are a couple things here. The first involves Gio Reyna, who is a very talented 20-year-old attacking player who plays for Borussia Dortmund in Germany. And he has played a grand total of seven minutes so far this tournament. And some people are upset about that. Um, there was some controversy that was like... I mean, like, it was kind of a ridiculous thing, basically. But there was a former national team player who was on Sirius XM who claimed that he talked to Gio's dad, Claudio, who is the former U.S. captain and childhood friend of the current head coach, Greg Berhalter. They literally grew up from the age of 10 playing together um, about how there was this huge rift and, and Berhalter asked Gio to lie to the media and et cetera, et cetera. So that caused some drama. Um, I asked Berhalter about that report the other day and he was like yeah if you basically said like if you believe him over me then you know i have a body of work he has body of work and i'll right. stand by mine um and he was asked about reina again today and he basically was like listen like situationally we've been winning these games or tied we they haven't us has not been trailing at all in this tournament and he's a very much an attack-minded player so when you're looking to shut down a game does it make a lot of sense to bring him on? Not necessarily. Um, I thought, you know, maybe they could have brought him on against Wales for sure. And then against Iran, they decided to bring on another player, much more defensive minded, and they kind of lost control of the game. I thought they could have mm -hmm. changed things a little bit in that way. Um, but it, so there's there's the Gio Reyna aspect. And then the other part of it is that, um, you know, they went into a pretty defensive posture against Iran pretty early. And, and I thought they should have done some things different in that match for sure. But by and large, I think Berhalter's done a great job in Qatar. He's gotten the tactics right off the start. He can quibble with some substitutions, um, but I think he's set up the team pretty well. They've played quite well. Um, they're not finishing, but he can't make the final pass or take the shots for him. And they're getting into good positions, and they're defending really well, and that's sort of his job. So I think he's done a nice nice work here. Sam Stasekul from The Athletic joining us here on the Easter Autumn. Sam, we count on you for real politics. Right, last round we learned about pronunciations. I was doing a lot of myself. I've channeled my inner iron sheet. I've been good on my Iran. Now, is there a difference between the Netherlands losing and Holland? Not prefer Holland. Does the clockwork orange not prefer to be called Holland? You know, I actually am ignorant on this. Um, 
there is a there's an article up on the athletic about this very issue okay. i have not read it yet <laughs> <laughs> i will i will for you but i've been meaning to um that sounds so like it, everybody with an athletic su- subscription with all the tabs <laughs> open i'm like i'm gonna get it, to that story except for my articles right Joe? of course of right. all yeah of course. okay it's, they've been very educational. I'm not gonna lie. I've been reading your stuff. So thank you. Um, you're lying, but thank you. I um, am not lying. <laughs> no, <that's a> lie. <laughs> um, so no, I don't know the answer. I was in Holland slash the Netherlands two months ago, and I still don't know the answer. So um, they seem pretty interchangeable to me. I think Netherlands in officialdom, you know, and Holland if you're being a little bit more casual. Also, am I allowed to be mad at them for wearing orange, even though it's not part of their flag? It is part of the flag. It is part of the flag. It's the it's like sort of a reddish orange on yeah, one okay. of those stripes. Okay. All right. It's like not and maybe maybe this is a like colorblind thing. From. Maybe maybe we see reds and oranges differently. Is is the is the dress black or is it blue? Which one is know. it? We'll Laurel or Lanny or however it was uh, <laughs> with that whole <laughs> viral thing from a couple years ago. All right, so okay. Sam, your pre your pre tournament pick was argentina yeah the top of that bracket seems to be opening up for my guy the fraud messy um <laughs> i know you were at the game you were texting me i didn't even understand what you were saying oh, dude, <laughs> I'm, I'm so mad. So mad. oh my god uh are you sticking with argentina yeah i think there's a nice path for them as you mentioned you know they'll likely beat australia in the round of 16 and then they will play the U.S. or the Netherlands in the quarterfinals. Um, they'll be the favorite against either of those teams in that match. Um, you know, I was leaving the stadium after Argentina-Poland, and, and once we knew kind of the path um, after that match was settled for the U.S., and I was like, man, you know, it would actually kind of feel a little wrong to me if the United States was the team to knock Messi out of his last World Cup. Like, maybe that's uh, unpatriotic to say, but it would just, it, it just, it would just, I don't know. Something about it made me a little uneasy. So, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about it. And who do you like on the bottom half of the, of the bracket? Man, you're going to have to remind me who's on the bottom half of that bracket. My brain is, is done. See, done. Joe, see, Julio, see, uh, see, Julio has been kind of teasing me because. Um, after after the U.S. advanced into the knockout round, like my general attitude is like, all right, cool, we'll check back in on Saturday, and then like we get back into the studio. We get back into the studio, and I'm watching soccer. I'm like, wait a minute, I thought group play ended. He's like, no, no. there's more games. It's like the NCAA tournament. There's more going on. I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry, my brain was fried after you know pelvic contusions and uh, substitution <laughs> patterns and everything else. Like my the brain capacity the, is not good. Golf, yeah. So. <laughs> right. That was, but that's, and that's, and I guess that's, and we can close on this, uh, cause it's a, it's a jokey way to, to, to kind of look ahead into this match. And you, you just, you just alluded to it. I felt like, I felt like the game against Iran was a lot more pressure filled than just the result itself for all the things that they had to answer for and uh, the relations and everything else. And I almost feel like going into this round against the Netherlands is almost freeing, you know, like, it's almost like. I hate to say I hate to say that the U.S. is playing with house money now because of missing the World Cup, the last go round, hitting the reset button. Where are they on the trajectory? I almost feel like it's house money at this point for the U.S. going up going up against the Dutch. Yeah, I think for the most part it is. They can't go out there and get blown out. That would be a disappointment because there okay. is a real opportunity in front of them here. 
because this is a very beatable Holland team. I think this is a pretty much a coin flip of a match. So if they go out there and they win this game, then I think you can say successful World Cup. And if you get to the next one, total house money. It's like got you it. go out to Argentina and Messi, like no one, no one's going to be mad about that. Got if it. you go out to, to the Netherlands, I don't think anyone would be like, oh, how did you lose to this joke team? No, they're a good team, you know? But they would, there would also be kind of a sense of disappointment in that, you know, this was beatable. This was a game we could have had. And maybe we left a little bit on the table. So I think it's mostly house money. Um, no one's going to be crushing them if they lose. But, you know, there would be a little bit of a, a sadness if they do. Yeah, I think if they lose to uh, the Netherlands, everybody is just going to break out that Austin Powers quote, if they haven't already. Yeah. Uh, where yeah. it's like, there's only two things I can't stand in the world, people who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. That's probably <laughs> going to be a quote that we're going to see yeah. a lot of if they lose to the Netherlands. Pipe in a crate? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. Sam State School, The Athletic. Uh, go follow him on Twitter. We've been tweeting out of stuff. Uh, go check out his stuff on The Athletic as well. We appreciate his time. And, Cutter, we'll talk to you next week, man. Thanks, guys. It's the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Obias. Return of the Mac, indeed. We're at ACC Fan Fest in Charlotte, ahead of the ACC Championship game between North Carolina and Clemson. We'll answer some of your Hey Joe questions. We'll also talk to Trey Boston, former North Carolina Tar Heel, part of ACC PM on the ACC network in about 15 minutes. But your Hey Joe questions next. Been really awesome to talk to him uh, throughout this event with the U.S. and Denmark tomorrow. You, you're very, uh, the Netherlands, sorry. You're very. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. Very bothered by the orange. I Well, this started with England yeah. not wearing any red and white. And then I noticed Japan wears blue or purple, whatever the heck it is, because apparently it was good luck in 1905 or okay. some nonsense. Makes sense. And then I'm watching... And I'm, Canada's wearing black. I'm like, guys, this this is not Maxion. Italy this wears is, blue. This is not yeah. yeah Forza Azuri. Yes, that's our colors. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe not on the flag. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, I was gonna say you you just kind of undercut yourself. Oh no. Yeah. So yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, that's why I'm kind of disappointed. In I want to see that's our why, colors, right? That's why I'm disappointed in the U.S. because no, they wear a nice blue. No, I don't want them to wear. I like that. the fighting blue. No, I, I don't like want. That. I don't want them to wear that blue. I want them to be as garish Americans uh, as possible. You want Oregon? I want. You want. I, you want Oregon and I, Maryland I want to have Z a soccer I, team? I want Zubaz pants. Is what I want. <laughs> that's what I want. Zubaz kits. I want you. To, that's what I want. Their warm-up shirts were of the Zubaz ilk. I do love that. I just. You know, actually, they should be sponsored by Bucky's. That's what it should be. Just put a little Bucky's all over the uh, the U.S. outfits. That's what I want to see. Apparently, they're sponsored by Iowa football because there's just <laughs> no offense allowed. Funny thing is, they're even more exciting than Iowa. That's yeah, the sad. That's true. the sad part about Iowa football. 
which, by the way, speaking of Iowa football, it seems as uh, more and more reports coming through and more speculation or informed speculation, as we like to talk about. I know you are somewhat plugged in, not as much as you used to be with the right. bowl games. While we're in Charlotte for the ACC championship, it looks like – and NC State's not here for this game. They could be back here for the Dukes-Mayo Bowl against a Big Ten team. The question is, which Big Ten team would it be? I, I know. My guy, Brett McMurphy, at the Action Network has Iowa, but I have seen others with Maryland, which yeah. would make some sense as well. Yes. and I, as It's a I Big said, Ten opponent. So, As I said before, if you're NC State uh, and if – and if, if Philip Rivers wants to hang that day, you say not today. Not no. Not okay. with Maryland in town. No, not today. You can bring Dick Sheridan back though. If it was Iowa, there was a kickoff classic. That would work between would work. Uh, the Wolfpack and and the Hawkeyes back in New Jersey. The first time I ever saw NC State play. Gotcha. Um, by the way, we're here at ACC kickoff, and I want to shout out Mungo Homes because they're yep. uh, they're helping bring this. Uh, they built they built this coverage. They did here for the uh, for the ACC championship game. We'll talk to Trey Boston from the ACC Network, former North Carolina Tar Heel. Well, you're always a Tar Heel, but he'll drop on by uh, in a little bit. But right now, it's time to answer some Hey Joe questions. Joe cracked it on, uh. All right, guys. First question comes from Jason. If the Heels lose the last four games, is Jeff Saturday the new coach? <laughs> Has to be, right? Which uh, which which former player would you bring back uh, with no coaching experience? No, 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 no. In all seriousness, I think Dre Blige should be North Carolina's next coach. Really? I do. Okay. I do. I think he's been a big part of their recruiting success that they've had, particularly in this city of Charlotte. And, you know, you look at a former player who knows the game, yeah. played it at a high level, one of the best defensive backs in the history of the ACC. Uh, a Super Bowl champion. So, listen, I, I think uh, it makes a lot of sense on a lot of different levels. But, yeah, I get the joke, though, about Jeff Saturday. Tory Holt on staff for Dre Bly? I've asked Tory this question before. <laughs> he, he would coach with Dre anywhere but Carolina. Yes. <laughs> Tory Holt and Dre Bly, boys. Yeah, really good friends. Absolute boys, uh, even though one guy, Carolina. The well, they won a Super Bowl together. They won a Super Bowl so also had an unbelievable game here yes. in 98 yes. against each other unbelievable game next up all right this one comes from buller hey, hey you joe doing? which unc parent who has sent you nasty emails bought you that heels hoodie yeah you uh <laughs> you we we went on twitter earlier and uh, we you put it out there if somebody venmos me half the money no i bought it myself you bought, I bought it. it myself i i want a piece of history <laughs> I wanted it to say Coastal Division Champions on it is what I really wanted. You but, know, you brought this up. We had a missed opportunity with the Coastal Division, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We could have made shirts with the, the silhouette of 40s pouring out. You know, it's not too late. And Coastal 2005 through 22. It's I mean, it's honestly not too late to do it. There's no reason why we can't. You're right. Yeah, there's right. never yeah, better late than never. All right, we'll uh, we'll 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 talk to Bree. We'll we'll get on customink.com and we'll see if we can uh, draw get some t-shirts. Well, it's like the year. There was a it was several years ago. I don't know if I still have one of those shirts somewhere in the cubicle, but this was big, you know, like we love Debbie Yao on this program, obviously, the former athletic director at NC State, but they kept talking about the Atlantic Division this, Atlantic oh, Division that. So we drew up a shirt that just said Atlantic Division participant. Because I mean, honestly, that's a win in and of itself. That's something that the coastal cannot say. You weren't in the Atlantic Division. Mm -hmm. We were red shirt Atlantic Division. Georgia Tech could get an honorary one since they had to play Clemson all those years. They did. They did. All right, next up. I got a proposition for you. 
All right, this next one comes from me. Hey, Joe, who did best on the field goal kicking competition? Oh, wow. Uh, look at Dennis wow. Cox finding a way to incorporate himself here. Wow. That way to go, Dennis. Yeah, so we got we got this Bojangles activation. That's what they call it in the business. It's an activation. Okay. And um, they've got a field goal kicking situation. They got uh, a selfie station. I'm putting my face on a rally towel. Okay. At the end of the day, your family would love that. I'm actually going to gift that to my brother for my, yeah. for, for for Christmas. Um, think think of me. Anyway, um, and a snow globe. And yeah, I so, still don't know what's going on with the snow globe, but I'm sure we'll find out. So we all went over there to kick field goals, and yes, Dennis Cox. Uh, the second one was too high. So no, it wasn't. Too it's, high. It's, you can't. How can a field goal kick be too high if it went through the uprights? But I was never got there. I was concerned that the football was going to get stuck in one of the little air pillars. I That's yeah, he hammered he it. He did drill it. Have you said that to Pat McAfee yet? <laughs> Not yet. I'm going to. Yeah, you need, need to. to. Yeah, you absolutely <laughs> need to say that brand. McAfee. Maybe he'll do a breakdown for you. <laughs> he should. On uh, on his show. All right. Next up. Whoa. That's all we have. Oh, you know what? I have an internet problem. That's why it hasn't oh, gone okay. through. We did get a question from Dimitri who was asking us. So we were going to close on this one. He was asking us how what's the most damage we've ever done at an Airbnb damage yeah like wrecked an airbnb oh no I, i'm too respectful have you ever things. wrecked a hotel room no no uh, if you statute of limitations now on this so uh i i went to austin texas for my brother's bachelor party yeah uh shout out to alex uh, who's in charlotte one of his groomsmen uh, lives here in charlotte he's a big man okay he's like very very tall and he went to NC State, and I'm sure that there were some people who thought he played for the basketball team. But anyway, so I did not plan the the accommodations for this Airbnb. Right. It was uh, my brother's best friend growing up, who can be a little spotty with details. So he decided, I think it was seven guys, and it was essentially one bathroom. That's right. <laughs> and there was one bed, right? Or two beds, and your brother got one of them, and he was like, no, I'm not going to take it. Right. It's like, like, it's your, it's your buddy, bachelor party. Take your the freaking bed, right? Party. So I slept on a, I slept on a couch. Because uh -huh. there was, yeah, it was seven dudes, six beds. Mm. And I slept on the couch, which was fine. It wouldn't be the first time I slept on a couch. Um, that, I would say, I'm surprised we did not get an extra cleaning fee for what we did to that bathroom. Now that I think about it, not not intentional damage, not like yeah. Led Zeppelin shark parts or whatever. <laughs> but um, Wilmington one year, Jackson was like, my youngest son was like, two or three yeah and he had that bubble gum ice cream from the place on the main drag yep. there I know, I know exactly what you're talking about the Kilwins. Kilwins. yeah the, the bubble gum ice cream let's Rock. just say when it comes back up uh-huh uh, on a on a bed sheet <laughs> andy warhol would have been proud funny you mentioned i think everybody has some sort of kid throw up in a hotel yeah. room story because i have a similar one that occurred at the acc championship game in 2017 you'll remember that that was clemson versus do you so my dad was hype as hell yeah shout out to our guy kevin uh who hooked it up and i ended up you know going with the kid so they had this all it was a, it was the, it was the club level and they had this all you can drink fountain oh no and caleb my older son uh this was the night we discovered he had a red dye issue a lot of kids do. This is not a new phenomenon. Right. So he basically went back and got as much Gatorade as his body could consume. I think he was sweating Gatorade. <laughs> and then in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, I just hear, I'm like, what is happening? He just chucked red Gatorade everywhere. 
And I felt really, really bad for the cleaning crew that had to come through and clean all that stuff up. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe, because you know it's officially a football pregame show because Giglio and I are holding footballs That's in right. front of a camera. That's right. Like, it's a rule. When you talk about football, you have to be holding a football. Otherwise, like a talking stick, you are now allowed to break down the X's and O's after I have just broken things down. We'll, uh, we'll hear from Mac Brown. He had his press availability earlier today. Dabo as well. Uh, we'll also check in with Bomani Jones, our friend from ESPN. Right time, it's a podcast, Game Theory on HBO. Check us out on YouTube as well. 999 The Fan. Look us up. 999 The Fan on YouTube. You can watch a lot of these segments after the fact if you missed it on WRL Sports Plus. And by all means, smash that subscribe button. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, former North Carolina Tar Heel, part of ACCPM yeah. on the ACC Network, it's Trey Boston. Trey, what's going on, man? How long man, have you been? boss, man. How you doing today? We're good. So, uh, the Heels back in the ACC it championship Boston, game. Yes. And, you know, you being the defensive guy, uh, I am I'm most curious about how you've seen Gene Chizik again trying to make the most out of a defensive group that's been, you know, picked on for, for a while. Now, how, do you, how have you seen things with this Tar Heel group going into the championship game? Yeah, I mean, you got to look at the big picture, you know, first of all, how they started the season to where they are now, you know, starting the season. Uh, you know, these guys couldn't stop a toddler from getting outside of a crib all 11 on defense. <laughs> but, it, uh, you know, as of lately, I would say the last five to six games, you saw them truly building each and every game, getting better and better. I know we like to talk about how in the ACC in the second half, they're only allowing about nine to ten points. But going into this game, I, I have now identified this defense as truly opportunistic. They have to find ways how to get off the field. And when Drake May and the offense is playing like we have seen them and known them to kind of play this whole season, um, taking out the last couple of weeks, um, you, you're giving yourself a chance at scoring points, knowing that, hey, we like shootout games, and, and that's what we're able and capable of doing. So as a defense, you know, they have, you know, what, what I love is the, the linebacker core and, and Power Echoes and Cedric Gray and those guys just being able to run all over the field, pretty much make up for all the mistakes that's kind of going on. But guys are playing better. They have the momentum of truly understanding who they are. There's a difference between, you know, going in the season and feeling like, man, we can't stop anything. And now at the point where it's like, hey, if we get two, three stops, make them punt a couple of times, Drake can do the rest. So this team right now, especially on defense, opportunistic for sure. And I definitely would love for them to take advantage of, you know, DJU, you know, truly not, you know, us not seeing a great version of him as of lately either. But it has to start with our defense stopping the run. And I know uh, that's not something they're fond of doing, being 14th in the league with that. So, hey, you only got one game to do it. And you might as well do it this week. Trey Boston, ACC Network, ESPN, Tar Heel, Carolina Panther. Sounds like he's a dad, too. Joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Man, that, that background noise has put me in a spot, Trey. I love it. I love it. Such a great age. Um, big game Saturday down in Charlotte, obviously. And you mentioned the UNC defensive side, though. The Clemson defensive side, Trey, as a guy who yeah. spent some time in the NFL, that secondary is not exactly vintage Clemson. There's some holes there that Drake May and company can take advantage of. Do you see it the same way? 
Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, when you talk about this game, I think it's a, a good versus good. It's it's UNC's offense versus Clemson's defense. And the hole in that Clemson defense has been that secondary. We saw last week how Spencer Rattler took advantage of that secondary. You know, they, they rushed for less than, I, I want to say, 50 yards and found ways to just go through the air. But the way that they did it was – Spencer Rattler finding ways how to get outside the pocket, give his receivers a little extra time, and make DBs guard for five, six seconds. And that's not an easy task no matter who you're playing or, you know, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. And that's what I think Drake May has been best at this season. Uh, It's leaving the pocket, finding ways to keep his eyes downfield, and allow his receivers to work for him. And that's where they can truly help themselves in this game, finding ways. But I, I truly think they have to find a way how to block up front. I mean, it starts up front on offense and defense. We know what Clemson brings on that D-line. We know all of the NFL players on their front seven. But if you can truly contain those guys, you give yourself the best chance to truly attack Clemson through the air knowing that, hey, that's where they've had their hiccups. It's on the outside. How can you get the ball on the perimeter, make their DBs tackle, make them tackle in space? How can you get guys like Josh Downs the ball in space? And, you know, Antoine Green the ball on deep throws. Use your threats as you've been using them all season and know that, hey, this is how we're going to win and this is how we've won before. Trey Boston joining us here on the Heaster Audible Group Hotline. That's Joe Obvious. I'm Joe Giglio. It's Carolina and Clemson Saturday night down in Charlotte for the ACC title. And Trey, I want you to, I want you to take off your Tar Heel glasses for a second here. Okay, okay. Because you you mentioned Josh Downs as yeah. a guy who made his living in the secondary. You yeah. see, you see Josh Downs come off the bus. You're like, Psh, this guy ain't gonna do anything to me, right? <laughs> right? Uh, Not the biggest I, I, I dude would... on the planet. Right, I, I I would say yes. I just yes. got done doing a matchup with him yesterday, and I talk to people all the time. Josh Downs is small in stature, but he plays a big He's man's game. Tough, uh, you know. One yeah. thing I love about Josh Downs is he might seem like a little guy. He might seem like somebody you're not scared of, but the way he plays the game, uh, you're gonna find out that he makes the big catches. He makes the catches going up, catching it at the highest point. Third down, fourth down, you're going to have to see this guy and you're going to have to stop him. And, yeah, he might be small, but they're still going to take two of you to tr- yeah. truly try to stop him. As a defense, you you find yourself having to game plan for Josh Downs. And if you can stop, I believe, if you can stop a Drake man, Josh Downs, I mean, truly, you, you have the recipe to this, this offense. you you got to find a way for those two not to truly hurt you. And Josh Downs is a guy who's been able to truly win, especially his one-on-one matchups. You know, he has a a grade of plus 90 when it comes to one-on-one matchups. So when it comes to that, you have to find ways that your defense can overshadow, double, find ways that, hey, Josh Downs is not going to be the guy to hurt us today. Yeah, I was going to say, not the biggest dude, but he is smart, knows how to run routes, and super tough. And it's it's been a really good formula for Carolina. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's why they got to stick with it. You know, you got you got a game where, again, you have DBs who have been exposed. They're coming off of a game limping last week. Josh Nails didn't play the best of the game last week. I thought, you know, State was able to limit him. This week's the week that you truly show the nation only game on that, hey, we have guys. Trey Boston, ACC PM on the ACC Network, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Gilio. I'm Joe Ovias. 
I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to go go back to the to the state game too much, but. I mean, when you when you when you look at when you look at when you look at the season overall, right? You win the coastal yeah. division. You, you, Carolina's got an opportunity to do something that they haven't done since 1980 and win the ACC straight up, uh, yeah. and kind of accomplish what Mac Brown came back to do uh, when he, after he left in 1997. I mean, does it still bother you about the Carolina the Carolina State game though? Like all these other things, all these positives, but you got that one game sticking out. Nah, doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I. Uh, yes, as a rivalry, you want to win your rivalries, um, especially when you got state going to say that they own the state, all this good stuff. You know, <laughs> you want you want to win the little battles, but the big battle is at the end of the day. If you put those two losses in the middle of the season, the beginning of the season, and you say, "Hey, Tar Heel fans, if we're going to be in the ACC championship, we're going to be uh, nine and three. How can we? You know, are you truly loving that, or do you feel like that is the motive that?" you are happy with even Mac Brown said, and hey, we had him on this week. I, I explained the same thing. Next day he says the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Tar Heel fans have to be happy about this because at the end of the day, you're playing in the ACC championship and how many teams are playing on Saturday Yeah, Two, Clemson and the university of North Carolina. So for me, yes, it does hurt a little bit. You know what I mean? You want to win the rivalry games, but that's a little battle. We're going to the war. We have to find a way to beat Clemson because Truly, if you beat Clemson, you erase all of that. Yeah. You you really set a tone for not only what you've done this season, what you'll do in the future, and saying, hey, now the ACC doesn't just exactly run through Clemson anymore. It goes through us this year. So for me, I love where we're at. This is where we envision that we want it to be. Again, if the Tar Heels were 11-1 and one going to this game, unbelievable hmm. nobody can imagine that <laughs> but eight and three going into this game or, or nine and three going into this game i mean that you're, sounds good to me too so for me, um you got to take the you got to take those wins because you know there's not too many times we've been able to do this was the last time we got the acc championship game 2015 was the last time we won it the 80s the 80, 1980 1980 I, <laughs> yeah so i was one yeah, I, I wasn't you, born. You, you were born yet. years later, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, we we definitely have to take advantage of this. Um, be happy, show up, support. Um, whatever happened last week, down it doesn't matter because uh, this week uh, only two teams play, and it's one of ours. Trey Boston, former Carolina Tar Heel, ACC PM on the ACC Network. All right, man, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. No, I appreciate it too, boss man. You have a good one. Go take Heels. It. All right, take it easy, Trey. Thanks, man. OG, alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovias. We are at the ACC Championship, ACC Fan Fest, just outside the Charlotte Knight Stadium, not too far from Bank of America Stadium. We will check in with Bomani Jones, ESPN, Right Time is a podcast, on a variety of issues, including the expansion of the college football playoff, the Rose Bowl being told, hey, 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 get on board, guys. Also, David Hale of the ACC Network, ESPN.com. He's like the Dabo Whisperer. Yeah, we'll see. Is. We'll we'll see just how how true of a believer Dabo is with how this season has gone on and how important tomorrow's game is for the Tigers.
career-driven individuals. Ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info slash SPS. Your journey begins here. 